I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome to News Du Jour. You may be wondering, why am I, Annie Bowles, here hosting this podcast? I usually start by telling people I'm a political baby. You see, my parents met working on Capitol Hill. By the time I was two, I had been in my first political commercial and even got lost crawling around the West Wing. Don't worry, Al Gore found me. My family then moved abroad when I was nine, and I attended an international school in Brussels with kids from all over the world, and it is this type of global perspective that I also bring to our show. I graduated from American University in D.C. after studying political science and art history, as well as interning on both sides of Capitol Hill. I even interned down the hall from where my parents met. I'm now pursuing a professional certificate in journalism at NYU in conjunction with Rolling Stone magazine. I guess I was always that friend in the group who cared deeply about not just what was going on politically, but also globally. I often kept my own friends informed through high school and into young adulthood. So I guess I've always done a version of this show. I'm genuinely passionate about following the news, and I'm here to break it down for you guys every weekday. We always strive to be a calmer space to get your news, or as one listener put it, like getting your news from a well-informed bestie. I'm so glad you're here. We are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for this Monday morning because I have a huge announcement for you guys today. If you follow me, you know that as of last year, the state of Oklahoma has the highest domestic abuse rates in the nation. That is a shameful statistic. But what's even more shameful is then punishing those victims with excessive criminal sentences. I am joining the fight for Oklahoma Senate Bill 1470, also known as the Oklahoma Survivors Act. I'm going to be their digital organizer, and if you haven't heard of this bill, it's a new piece of legislation that would ask our courts here in Oklahoma to take into account whether or not a defendant has been abused at the time of their crime. Oklahoma women, as we know, are fighters, you guys. We have the highest domestic violence rates, but we also have the highest female incarceration rates, and we know that those two statistics go hand in hand. If a woman has been abused, she's often then criminalized as a result of her victimization, creating what we call a criminalized survivor. Some examples of this might be abusers who force victims to steal a car, abusers who force victims to carry drugs for them, abusers who force victims to defend themselves physically. Oklahoma Senate Bill 1470 would then lessen sentencing for anyone who has evidence that they were abused physically, sexually, or psychologically 
at the time of the crime or from the year prior. Freeing survivors of abuse who deserve lesser sentencing would also free up funds in our state's budget for things that we really care about, like education. If you're ready to join us in this fight, I have a simple three-step call to action. And actually, you can do these things even if you don't live in Oklahoma and just want to support this important legislation. Number one, sign the OK Survivors Act petition in my bio. Number two, follow OK Survivor Justice and OK Appleseed on Instagram. And number three, listen to Panic Button Podcast Season 1 to hear one victim's story out of Tulsa and how our system failed her when she needed us the most. All of these things will be linked in our show notes. We'll have a link to the petition. And then on the petition page, you'll have all the other links like the podcast and um, tons of resources that give you the specifics of this legislation. And for those of you who are located here in Oklahoma or willing to travel here, we are having an advocacy day at the Oklahoma State Capitol on February 27th, and I would love to have you join us. If you've never knocked on a legislator's door before, don't worry. We're going to train you exactly how to do it, and we're going to do it with you so that you can get comfortable going to your legislators for important issues. It's basically an opportunity for us all to chat with our legislators about why this bill is so important to get passed. Out of 43,000 domestic violence calls in Oklahoma County in 2021, less than 1,000, you guys, resulted in arrests. Domestic violence victims are often left to their own devices and then punished when they do what they have to do to survive. And luckily, we are not powerless to help them. Let's pass Senate Bill 1470. And just as a reminder, all of those links that I talked about, the podcast about this subject and um, the link to the petition, they're all in our show notes. I also wanted to let you guys know that this bill has broad support on both sides of the aisle. So it is a very bipartisan piece of legislation, which is why I, as a journalist, feel good about putting my name alongside it. So this is something that really realistically could get passed this spring, and we really need your help to just carry it across the finish line. Now, without further ado, we will go ahead and jump into the actual episode for today. So I wanted to discuss global conflict here at the top, and then we're going to get into the whole Nicki Minaj situation in case you guys have seen, you know, headlines or little clips about it and are like, what is going on? We're going to break it down for you. So let's jump in. So like I said, we have to discuss global conflicts right here at the top. Content warning here, this story involves war. So 85 targets were hit by the U.S. in seven different locations across Iraq and Syria in retaliation for that airstrike against U.S. troops in Jordan. And while they did target Iran-backed proxy groups, they notably did not strike any locations in Iran. This is probably because that is what Iran would really like us to do. Based on their actions, it feels like Iran is coaxing us into a more direct confrontation with them. And striking Iran directly would give them that because they seem to be seeking a way to go after us more directly or an excuse to go after us more directly. 
Here's a statement from the White House on the subject. Quote, Numerous aircraft, including B-1 bombers dispatched from the United States, were involved in this operation, firing more than 125 precision-guided munitions over the course of about 30 minutes. Target facilities included command and control centers, as well as headquarter buildings and intelligence centers, rocket, missile, and drone storage facilities, and logistics ammunition supply chain facilities. These targets were carefully selected to avoid civilian casualties and based on clear, irrefutable evidence that they were connected to attacks on U.S. personnel in the region. The Department of Defense is in the early stages of battle damage assessment, but we believe that the strikes were successful. We do not know at this time if or how many militants have been killed or wounded. All U.S. aircraft are now out of harm's way. The president has been kept informed throughout the afternoon. The United States does not seek conflict with Iran or in the broader Middle East. But as President Biden has made clear, we will not hesitate to defend our people and hold responsible all those who harm Americans at a time and a place of our choosing. That began tonight, but it will not end tonight. End quote. So this has really begun to feel, to me at least, like a chess game that has been cooked up in advance. And the U.S. has basically walked right into this trap. We've been boxed into choices that we didn't want to make. The choice between bad and worse, a rock in a hard place. Given that Hamas, backed by Iran, of course, committed the October 7th attacks on Putin's birthday, knowing it would lead to further attacks by Israel, and then further attacks by proxy groups with Palestine as their reasoning. This whole thing feels extremely calculated and coordinated, a concert of tragedy, triggers, and bloodlust run amok. And the U.S. is walking this well-laid path of rhetoric that we've paved for ourselves into the exact trap that they had laid for us. And that scares me, wondering what more they have in store. North Korea, Russia, Iran, these are regimes that never have their own people's best interests at heart. So what can we expect they have designed for their enemies? Well, we're about to find out. On top of all of this, Israel has now signaled that their next move is to raid Rafah, which is giving ample ammunition to the genocide charges against them, given that they instructed Gazans to flee to the south. And Rafah is one of the southernmost parts of Gaza, where hundreds of thousands of Palestinians have fled to. Now, I am praying that this and the prospect of Israel flooding the tunnels are simply threats designed to draw Hamas out into the daylight. But We have every reason to believe that Israel will make good on their threats. We will definitely keep you guys posted, as always. Okay, so we're done with the most intense part of the episode, and now we're going to head over to the Nicki Minaj drama, which is, you know, not particularly light. I mean, it's actually, obviously, this is a celebrity story. It's two celebrities at each other's throats, but... At the same time, there are a lot of really serious undertones to this story as well. So without further ado, let's jump in.
So I do have to issue a content warning. This story involves sexual assault and gun violence. So it was one line, y'all. One line. Quote, these hoes don't be mad at Megan. These hoes be mad at Megan's law. End quote. And that is what put Nicki Minaj over the edge. Why? Well, let's get into the details. So this is one of those stories that I had figured you guys maybe have heard about, seen a headline or something like that, but haven't had the time to just go down the rabbit hole given your very busy lives. So here's the tea. Megan Thee Stallion, the rapper, got a law passed called Megan's Law that requires sex offenders to notify law enforcement of any change of address. And that is a law that she's referencing in her new song, Hiss, which that line is from. So why would Nicki Minaj take offense to this line? Why would she feel that this was directed at her? Well, it turns out Nicki has two registered sex offenders in her close circle, her husband and her brother. Her husband spent four years in prison for an attempted rape of a 16-year-old girl back in 1995. And her brother, Jelani Minaj, is now serving 25 years in prison for predatory sexual assault. So in response, Nikki took to both Twitter, of course now it's X, and released her own diss track entitled Bigfoot just days after his was released. Bigfoot, the name, comes from the fact that Megan is both tall, having big feet, and because she was actually shot in the foot. So it's a reference to that shooting. The man who shot Megan is also serving a 10-year prison sentence right now. But Nikki actually suggested on Bigfoot that Megan is lying about that shooting. And as outrageous as that would seem, she's actually not the first rapper to suggest this. Drake, who is connected to Nikki through the Young Money, you know, clan, there was a lot of outrage when Drake said this. And now Nikki is kind of backing up what he said, even though Megan won her court case. So the people who were actually like going over all the evidence and, you know, making sense of, of it all, they felt it was very much real. So the diss track is incredibly vicious but a lot of what Nikki was saying she was also saying on Twitter apparently so there was just a lot of shots fired back and forth metaphorically speaking I feel like Nikki though responding to this one line so viciously needing to put out a whole song about it and take to Twitter about it it really kind of proves Megan right like she is pissed about Megan's law otherwise why would that line upset her And I'm saying that as a Nicki fan, I legit had a Nicki Minaj Pink Friday poster in my college dorm room all throughout college. But between the tweets, the song and the message behind it all, Nicki's just definitely in the wrong here and she's going down hard for it. A lot of her own fans are calling her out for this. And if she's not careful, she might bring down her career with her in the process. So, Nikki, get your shit together, please. We need Pink Friday, the sequel, not this kind of drama. And that for today is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote. When protecting our inner peace, we must learn to observe and not to absorb. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media. And that is also linked in our show notes. You can follow us on social media at newsdujour.podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. You can follow my personal account at it's Annie Bowles on both platforms as well. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh. Oh.